1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
2: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know, nonstop Vikings talk.
1: It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com.
2: You know,
0: there's situations that dictate stats and things like that. I mean, uh, let's be honest. Let's not overreact in, in that, that game because, uh, we were playing from way behind for most of that game. Uh, they, they were playing soft coverage. They are giving us a lot of stuff because of the situation in the game. So, you know, I, I'm a realist and I also know that, um, you know, situations dictate stats sometimes and, um, you have to, you have to be hard on yourself. You have to be critical and you have to make sure that you're improving every week. Otherwise, um, this, this league will, uh, swarm, swarm on you fast.
2: I like that, Adam Thielen saying, "Hey, let's not let's not praise the offense too much for garbage time. All right, they were playing soft coverage. We're going to do a deep dive into the defense and what went wrong last week. How much of it is fixable going into week two against the Colts? We'll bring our friend Courtney Cronin from ESPN.com in, but uh, Declan Goff, you told us before the show you made your weekend stop and picked up a little pack of Corona Hard Seltzer. That's right, a little variety pack, a little mango,
1: little little wow. uh, little cherry."
2: Mango. Lime, I think mango. Mangoes at the top of my power rankings right now. I,
1: you know, I hate lime flavored things. I can't stand them. But the Corona Hard Seltzer Lime is a different kind of lime, man. It just breed. hits different. It just <laughs> different hits different. Breed. Yeah. I'm a big fan of it. I'm a big fan of it. I wonder. If, I wonder if Mike and Adam Zimmer. Might have knocked back a lime Corona hard you know what, seltzer. You know
2: what? Adam looks like the type of guy that would say he doesn't like seltzers. But I bet he does. But you give him a Corona hard seltzer, and he's like, yeah. all right, yeah. I can do right, it. I can do this. He can I'm do it. Do yeah.
1: Yeah, Purple Daily. On Purple Daily this month and every month throughout the year, discover Corona hard seltzer, the only hard seltzer made with pure beach vibes with a refreshing splash of fruit flavors such as tropical lime, mango, cherry, and blackberry lime. Corona hard seltzer is a tasty spike sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavor that allows you to enjoy the moment. In each can, Corona Hard Seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, 90 calories, and is gluten-free. Relax responsibly. Corona Hard Seltzer spikes sparkling water with natural flavors imported by Crown Imports. Chicago,
2: Illinois. Every time I crack a Corona Hard Seltzer, this is the noise that goes off. The galahorn In the background. That's right. About four of those went off after uh, after last <laughs> week. So, um, all right, let's do this. Football. All right, welcome in to the show. It is Purple Daily. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgat, Declan Goff on the buttons, and Courtney Cronin from ESPN.com, Vikings reporter and insider. And this episode is going to be all about what the hell happened defensively last week, what did the Vikings learn all week, what's fixable, what's not, and what's likely to happen against the Colts. And so I'll I'll set this up and throw it to Courtney by asking... What has been the main message coming out of the practice facility? Uh, this is this this is the second worst yardage performance defensively in the Mike Zimmer era. Uh, the only other one was that Rams game from 2017 or 18, whatever it was, 18, week four,
0: 18. So, what
2: are they saying? And and how bad do they say that it was last week?
0: Well, I think that no one's sugarcoating that not being able to pressure the quarterback is is really a problem because if you can't get pressure up front, you're exposing your guys on the back end in your secondary. And that's not good. Um, but I will say that a lot of it is boiled down to, from what we've heard from Andre Patterson, from Mike Zimmer, from players, that Aaron Rodgers gets the ball out really fast. So it's hard to get the pass rush to hit home um, if he's getting that quick of a release. So when you look a little further into it and be like, is there any sort of anything that they can do to fix this? Um, I think you have to look at the fact that the defensive line is just not playing out the way that the Vikings wanted it to. And it might not this year. Um, How quickly unique Ngakwe gets up to speed, I think is a really big one. And they certainly need more from him than one pressure last week, but I honestly don't fault him. Maybe I'm in the minority, but I'm like, dude, you just got here. You're learning a new defense. Like you weren't, studying this stuff for eight months uh you weren't in virtual meetings like you you know what do you expect like yeah I know everybody's like oh put him a Jadavian Clowney any of those dudes they transcend the scheme no they don't not not at all like especially when it's a new defense for you and you're the only guy like the only you know relatively productive pass rusher proven pass rusher um on that defensive line because Daniil Hunter's gonna be out for the next two games. We know that. So it all falls on Unique and Gakwe, but how much can you realistically expect one player to change the pass rush? I mean, is this not the reason that they brought Unique in in the first place? Because they wanted to pair him with Daniil Hunter? It wasn't like, oh, we just want one good pass rush. It's like we want two. We wanna be the elite edge rushing capital of the world. Um, and they could be, but Daniil Hunter's gotta come back first. So that to me, it's just kind of like you you just kind of say, okay, this is what we are until Hunter comes back. Or is this what we are all year? Because everyone's talking about the pass rush. The most underrated part of this is no one talking about like how they really have struggled against the run, um, in recent, you know, in, in the first game that we saw and that's related to Michael Pierce opting out. I mean, they brought him in to be Linville Joseph to take over that role and to keep your linebackers clean. Um, that makes Eric Kendrick's job that makes Eric Wilson's job a lot 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 harder when you don't have that run support up front. So I think it's kind of a matter of how do you stop the bleeding? Because I'm with you Phil. I mean, you look at this and you think back to that 2018 season. I wrote it in a piece today on ESPN.com like um Mike Zimmer went back to that drawing board in 2018. Uh, he was exasperated in Los Angeles. I remember talking to him afterwards, and he's just like, "I've never seen it this bad. I don't know what to do." So, what did they do? They played a lot more zone. And what happened? Those zone, that zone coverage helped their their press coverage numbers, and that's been playing. You know, more man to, more cover to. Um, you know, you were fixing things that way because Andre Patterson's right. You got to cover on the back end, and you got to because you got to have the quarterback if he's gonna, you know. He's got to pull the ball down and allow the time for the pass rush to get home. So, what you're going to do is probably end up changing what you're doing on the back end in order to kind of go forwards if that makes mm-hmm. any sort of sense because you know that your defensive line, you're playing backups and starters roles. What did you expect? What did you expect?
3: Mm-hmm. That's,
0: that's the only way to do it, I think. Personally.
3: That that's the most important thing here too. So, so at, at halftime of the playoff game, During the 2017 season against the Saints, the Saints, Drew Brees, Sean Payton made an adjustment or two that in the second half of that game worked really well. Mm -hmm. The continuation of that adjustment that then was essentially seen what you guys are talking about, which is that week four game at the Coliseum against the Rams, okay? But that Vikings team, I think what was so preposterous about the struggles of that defense was the personnel was still there. So we're like, what happened? You're exploiting the personnel. As bad as Sunday was against the Packers, we sort of, in some way, shape, or form, talked about every one of those breakdowns being a possibility. Pierce mm-hmm. is gone. Hunter goes out. That's absolutely huge.
0: It's, uh, it's a game changer. I know. Like, remember last week when I was weighing on this show, is he worth a whole loss or whole win? Yes. Like, he is. The yes. numbers back it up. He is.
3: And we talked about this, too. They consciously have decided to have corners who are young. Guess what? There's a lot of QBs in this league who are going to exploit them. So so as, as egregious as the performance defensively was against the Packers, you don't have the personnel, and it's your choice, and some of it's your fault and some of it's not. Uh, but the difference between going from week four to five in 18 from that Rams game was you were taking good players and saying, we're not doing the best that we can with them. Right now, if these guys are good, it's just going to take time. So so I feel very differently about saying how do you stop the bleeding because scheme can only stop so much.
0: Yeah, and a lot of it too I mean it's it's you are you dealt yourself this hand. It's not the hand you were dealt, it's the hand that you dealt yourself because your financial responsibilities put you that you chose put you in this spot where you had to say goodbye to five defenders. You wanted to say goodbye to Xavier Rhodes. That's fine. But did you really want to say goodbye to Mackenzie Alexander when he was finally grasping the nickel position? Did you really – you didn't want to pay Trey Waynes but he got paid by Cincinnati, but you probably wanted to keep him around because he is probably better than what you have right now. Granted, he's injured. I don't think he's playing for the Bengals. Um, I didn't see him in that game last night. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, you didn't really want to get rid of Everson Griffin. You really didn't want to get rid of Linville Joseph. You wanted them to take a pay cut, and they chose not to you didn't want to let go of nine play. Nobody wants this sort of regression and turnover, but it's because you paid Anthony Barr all that money to come back Um, and, and where he's at on on the cap right now affects that you paid Kirk cousins, you paid Anthony Harris, the franchise tag when you were really hoping to tag and trade and that didn't work out. Like, so I just think it's a situation. It's a product of their own doing. Like you can't blame anybody but yourself for the personnel that you do have. And yeah, these are excellent coaches. Mike. No one has ever questioned that Mike Zimmer is a good defensive coach or that Andre Patterson is the best defensive line coach in the NFL. Like You're going to find people to like who pack that 100% but can't make chicken salad out of chicken blank. Well, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like You are playing backups in starters' roles. Jaleel Johnson's ceiling is about here. A different three technique might be up here or even higher. The one that played in that game last night, For Cleveland, pretty darn good. He played here two years ago and they were a lot better getting an interior push. But, like, you just, this is what you were dealt right now. Like, when, when Daniil Hunter's not playing, your defensive line's not going to be as good. That is, that is a fact. So it's, I don't know what more we should expect. I mean, yes, it's jarring in in 522 yards, 43 points. It's a big deal, but like, make it make sense. This is what, this is what you should expect.
2: There's, there's dissonance because, you know, they're in a win now window. And Kirk Cousins is in the middle of his prime, and Adam Thielen is probably has a couple years of like prime left. And they've got Delvin Cook that they just signed to a contract, and you don't know—you really never know when a running back's you know, wheels are going to come mm-hmm. off. So everything about the Vikings says, even like the age of their head coach says, win now, win now, win now. Mm-hmm. Uh, nine and seven, ten and six, right? But then you look at the defense and everything that you guys just laid out. And everything kind of projects more toward two thousand twenty one. Even like Michael Pierce opting out, that's a huge yep. deal. And uh and the trade for Ngakwe uh sounds great on paper if Daniil Hunter is there, but Daniel Hunter might not be fully healthy for the year. Like we don't we don't know for sure if he's gonna be back in a month or in three months. But if you start to look at two thousand twenty one, and this isn't gonna make Vikings fans feel good about this upcoming game against the Colts or Russell Wilson on the horizon in a few weeks on the schedule, but When you start to line up, all right, in theory, Daniil Hunter, Unique Ngakwe, and Michael Pierce all in their primes, three excellent defensive linemen and one all time great in Daniil Hunter. And then if, boy, if Gladney and Cam Dantzler can just sort of take their lumps in 2020 and even one of them emerges, or you take the group of Gladney, Dantzler, Holton Hill, and Mike Hughes, and if you can get two great players out of that bin and then, you know, find an average player for your third spot, and Eric Kendrick's like, All of this is pointing toward they're building something that could be pretty great defensively, but not this week against the Colts. Next year in 2021. And I don't, it's it's probably tough to wrestle with if you're on that team or if you're a fan watching the games.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, but this is what you expect. I mean, they, that's the whole thing that was kind of like, how do you sort this out during the offseason? Like, they make moves that tell you you're in a win now window. But then they also clear out their defense. They lose nine players from last year, like I said, including five starters. Like you're not in win now when you when you take when you subtract like that. I mean, addition by subtraction, Xavier Rhodes. Yeah. That's pretty much it. That is the only one that you can say because we saw the regression and we saw where that was going at the end of the 2018 season, and now to where we're at right now, like he's on a different team. This was all expected. But like you knew that like your offense, like it's just, it, it, none of it lined up at first. You know what I mean? Like 15 draft picks in, in many of whom you expect them to like have to contribute this year. That's not win now in a year in a global pandemic when they're not even like practicing until August, that's not, that's not win now. So, you know, you have a defense undergoing a reboot. Can your offense be good enough to carry the defense through the reboot to where you get to nine and seven this year and make the playoffs because of the expanded format, you, you probably would make the playoffs at that point. So But I just don't know. I feel like (laughs) maybe with this defense. I mean, and sure, like you know, I always try not to buy into my own hype and buy into like what my eyes are seeing during training camp because they're not tackling. It's not true live contact, and it's also going against their own guys. They're not going to try to go take Kirk Cousins' head off or Adam (laughs) Thielen's head off because same team guys. But um, you expect it, and honestly, the schedule does them no favors, Rogers. Philip Rivers, Ryan Tannehill, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, first 5 weeks of the season like I would quit football if I was a brand new cornerback and had to go play yeah. those 5 guys. Like that that's not fair in a way. Like That'd I don't, be it for nobody you? can call them. Hell yeah, I would have done, been done after I'm retiring. Last
2: week. It also like you don't get the benefit, you know, we talked on another episode of Purple Daily, you don't get the benefit of crowd noise too like you know, no. in some cases you can sort of if you're a defensive player, you get you get the advantage of the, the the opposing quarterback getting nervous or flustered or can't communicate, and you might get like two extra five yard penalties or something. You don't even get
3: that this year, Judd. Let's talk about defensively a, a guy that right now should be a definite linchpin, key guy, and I think he's just a guy that I was excited about for a long time, and it's time to it's time to pull the plug on expectations. Harrison Smith, Anthony yeah. Anthony Barr. So Courtney, so we we find out statistically, not only did Zim send really for him a ton of blitzes against the Packers on Sunday, but he sent Bar the most as far as yeah. blitzers. All right, I don't recall in being at that game. I don't recall once thinking to myself that Barr was It'd close. Bar
0: Barr's an elite pass rusher.
3: Yeah, or but so so but I've been but I've been the one. It's my fault. I've been the one saying. He should be able to rush more. Z- Zimmer is is stunting Barr's potential growth there. Um, I don't recall one snap where I thought, oh, my God, he's blitzing and he might get home. It was and, like nine times, right? Yeah, he gets sent like nine, nine or ten times. times. Mm-hmm. But the point being is is I think it's time to admit self-report and say, shame on me. This guy might not be capable, period, of doing what I thought he, he could, which by extension does say, shame on the Vikings for that contract extension when he was signed, sealed and delivered to the jets. I just think it's probably time to um, just end the whole thing with man. You know, if you just blitz him, it'll be great.
0: Or shame on the Vikings for playing him the way that they played him, taking him from a position where he was a three, four outside linebacker in college. And he rushed the passer a lot. He had what 23 and a half sacks by the time he came out to where he's at right now, where that's just not his job. Um, Don't, here, Judd, here's here's the way to spin it forward. Don't make the same mistake with Troy Die because he's a very, very similar player to Anthony Barr, at least on paper, of what it lines up to what he could be. Um, but that's the way that Mike Zimmer wanted to play him. And I'm with you. It's like, stop trying to make that happen. Like, Anthony Barr is a pass rusher. They cross-trained him with the defensive line in 18 and 19. Um, he's, you know, two one in point seven five feet out the door to go to the Jets and then gets change of heart, comes back here, they sign, they say, Anthony, we love you, come back. Um maybe they shouldn't have. Because I remember and I was saving this for a story, kind of on like what his role could be, because you think with Dom Capers and, and all the stuff that I mean, why is he here if you're not gonna like I would like to see some Capers staples, fire zones. Don't blitzes, all that stuff. I would like to see that happen uh, going forward. Actually,
2: Packers fans watched that game and thought there were a lot of Dom Capers staples defensively. I'm sure they would. Sure
0: yeah, but like, I'm talking like 2010. Dom Capers. Yeah, that was good defense. Like,
3: <laughs> I, I'm Courtney. talking
0: Super Bowl Dom Capers. Yeah, for he sure. Still got it. Like so, I mean, um, and I was really hoping to see that Anthony Barr would have a different role, just because Capers' influence and all of that. But I talked to Andre Patterson um before Memorial Day about Anthony Barth and it was, I was just trying to figure out I had a one-on-one interview with him and we were just try- I was trying to figure out okay how's this going to work with two defensive coordinators like are you in charge of the front the front seven is Adam in charge of the back seven like how like, like how does it work so um we we talked about kind of like Anthony Barth like what his role is going to be and it's like do you anticipate him being a bigger part of the pass rush and he's like no I don't because it's like if you're only having this guy do it on third down can you really if he's not rushing the passer constantly can you truly expect him to be this elite pass rusher when you bring him in on third down no because he's not doing it all the time so it's I understand it and I honestly think Judd that that ship has sailed they had a chance to do that when Griffin restructured his contract Um, And really the games that Griffin missed in 2018, I think that we could have seen a lot more from Everson from Anthony Barr at that point. We just didn't. So um, it's now a matter of, if you can't get any pressure when you're adding extra rushers, what do you do? And I'm not a football coach, so I'm not going to like claim to know the answer. I can point to the fact like to some of the numbers and I can point to the fact that, You know, maybe having a better balance between playing off because you're playing your corners like ten yards off. Like that's, I get it. If you press at the line and your corners get beat, especially when they're young, like they're going to lose their confidence. It's going to go wayward, uh, you know, very quickly. Find a better balance between playing playing press and playing off. Find a better balance between. Um, you know, blitzing and not blitzing. Um, and it's only one game. I don't want to be the person who sounds the panic alarm and, re- and overreacts and says everything's a mess. But it kind of feels like it's trending that way, just because the writing's been on the wall for this defense for quite some time.
2: Well, I think I since you guys have gone down this Anthony Barr route, I I think we should drill a little bit further down here because. Anthony Barr is, in 2020, the third highest cap hit. He's basically tied with Adam Thielen at $12.7 million. He's the, so it's, it's the second highest cap hit on the team behind Kirk Cousins. So just let, let that sink in for a second. He is essentially your yeah. highest paid non-quarterback on the roster from a cap perspective and uh, and according to pro football focus so they grade on a 1 to 100 scale think of it you know if you're not that familiar with pro football focus think of it like a madden score but in real life and they and they scout and they do the deep dives and so his week 1 performance was a 48 out of 100 and really anything under like anything under 70 is like all right you're kind of mediocre anything under 50 is a train wreck so his season grades season grades 1 to 100 go back 2015 he was a 90 and just a machine, just yep. wreaking havoc and forcing fumbles and everything. Then fifty, sixty-three, seventy in two thousand eighteen. So not terrible. Uh, Fifty-six in two thousand nineteen, and then like I said, a forty-eight last last week. It's not like I—I th- I feel like the bar, no pun intended, has been set so low for what constitutes a great performance by him. If we were to go back five or six years ago. He was looked at locally and nationally as like, we were putting him in the same sentence as some of the great players in the NFL, the Khalil Max, the Von Millers, like guys who, whether they're pass rushers or linebackers, could really wreak havoc. And now it's like, oh, if he makes a good player, too, like we'll take it. He's your highest paid non-quarterback, Every, and everything starts from a from a roster building perspective. With that number and and everything starts, I think like defensively we just say, well, Eric Kendrick is the good linebacker. Well, this is the dude that's getting paid. Where yeah. is he? What like it, the question I would have is if you could go back in retrospect and just let him stay with the Jets, is it not a no brainer that you would say, yeah, it's probably better for you just to stay with the Jets at this point?
0: Uh, you know, that's what I would have done. But I mean, that loyal sometimes their loyalty. Ends up biting them in the butt because, like, they've had this situation, you know, plenty of times before where they've overpaid for guys. And yeah, Barr technically, I mean, he left a lot of money on the table. Um, I wouldn't want to play for the Jets either, though. Like, I can't fault him for it's that. Great,
3: the it
2: was a great a, choice by him, probably.
3: Midtown yeah, Manhattan I mean, yeah. apartment, condo, Courtney. Yeah, yeah. And the, I think the Jets stink, but man, that'd be fun.
0: I would, you wouldn't live there. You wouldn't drive out to the facility every day. You know how far that would, that's like a two hour commute. I'd get a car. Get a car service. I would well, drive. Actually,
2: it's my, my back to my guy Philip Rivers. I think when he used to live used to live in yeah, in, Los, in yeah. uh, San Diego, and yeah, he would just take the a trailer. Yeah.
3: He'd stick the twelve yeah. kids in, in the camper and drive <laughs> up. Drive. <laughs>
0: stick them in there. Um, no, I mean, I Come think on, Phil, Junior, are, Junior. Like when you look at his contract and how backloaded, there's certain things that they can get out of it at some point. Will they? I don't know. Um But I, mean, I haven't heard anything like that talked about. But you are right. Like I mean, like he is definitely. You know, Eric Kendricks is the better of the two linebackers. We know this. He's an All-Pro guy. He never gets the recognition he deserves because Anthony Barr is the name and is the Pro Bowler and has all the recognition. But you know, it might not be the worst thing that you know if you ask to restructure, if you ask to part ways at some point, because you know, Frank. You know, frankly, I just don't think he he's. You've asked him. You're not playing him the way that he should be played. So. And you're not going to just change him now. That's, that's yeah. what I got. Like
2: he's he's getting paid on a theory. Like the th- it's the theory of what Anthony Barr could be well, is why he's making the money that he makes. It's not based on the reality of what he is with the Vikings.
3: And th- there's a, lo- a lot of things that Bill Belichick does that I don't think can be copied because it's just hit his way. Um, but the one thing that the Patriots have done and the Belichickian thing that I absolutely love and can definitely be copied is if you walk out the door, you're gone. So mm-hmm. like, if you're gonna go talk to the Titans, that is awesome. Do not call me back, uh, and and that is the thing because this is and it's um it's not a cruel sport, but this is the one sport where I really believe it's better to cut bait unless it's a quarterback early than late. Yeah. So when bars like I'm going to the Jets, you know Mike and Rick, you are like, hey, best of luck. See you. We're changing our phone number, and that's it. <laughs>
2: And by the way, don't call, you, don't call me crying. If you knew when you signed that contract, if you knew that one year later, Unique Ngakwe was available, you never would have devoted $12.7 nope. $12. $12. $12. $12. $12. $12. $12 million in cap space to Anthony Barr. But, of course, you couldn't have necessarily known that. But
0: No, sure.
2: So um, what is, before we wrap this episode, what is, like, Courtney, what's the, what's the thing that you are, I guess, the most confident will be much better defensively than it was last week? Or is there anything?
0: You know, I hate to be like so negative about it. I just, I honestly don't know because if, if you want me to believe what you're saying and that it's impossible to pe- pressure a quarterback if he's getting the ball out in 2.25 seconds, Phillip Rivers did it in 2.27 seconds. And <laughs> frank, frankly, their offensive line is better than the Packers' offensive line. So I don't know how that's going to go. Um, I would like to think that they can cover better on the back end. I think that you can learn to play different sort of techniques. Maybe you're playing, like I said, maybe you're finding a better mix between off coverage and press coverage, um, from what you've seen on the tape. And, and, you know, there were moments that you expected Cameron dancer to struggle. There's moments that you expected Mike Hughes struggle, Holton Hill. I mean, I, I wasn't all that surprised with what happened on that week. I would expect better from Mike Hughes this week. I really would. Um, he's a first round pick. He's got to play like it. And, you know, it's not just a matter of like the confidence factor. I know that Mike Zimmer says he's not confident. It says he needs help being confident. Adam Zimmer says, well, no, it's not, it's not confidence. It's, it's so it's like, what is it? Like, you know, that's, that's what I struggle to, to figure out, but I think he'll be better this week. Um, they have some safety depth finally. I don't know if that matters, but it's just kind of like, you guys went into the game with like, one backup safety that was a little weird um yeah i mean outside of that i just honestly don't know i I would like to think that philip rivers is going to turn the ball over once or twice maybe three times and that could certainly you know the vikings defense i will say the one thing that's gonna be better they won't be on the field for like 42 minutes or whatever it was
2: yeah so at least uh at least they'll get a breather once in a while more than more than last week so Well, that's a wrap. You can find Courtney's work covering the Vikings at ESPN.com. Just click on uh, the Vikings team page, and that's where all her work gets funneled into, uh, at Courtney R. Cronin on Twitter. And just like last week, right after this game is over on Sunday, Judd Zolgad, Phil Mackey, Declan Goff, we're going to be guiding you through Vikings' vet line. And you can find that live on Score North Twitter and Facebook, just Twitter.com, Facebook.com, slash Score North, S-K-O-R North or YouTube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. And uh, like last week, it, it went off without a technical hitch. so knock on wood that we'll be able to pull the same thing this week. We welcomed in like seven, eight, or nine fans into the video with us throughout the course of the hour. So if you want to be one of those fans, win or lose, if you want to express your thoughts, you can email VikingsVentLine at gmail.com, and uh, we might be able to get you in if, uh, if, if time permits on Sunday. So... Thanks for hanging out with us. Appreciate Courtney Cronin from ESPN.com. And we will see you all next time. Purple Daily.
0: This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more